Log Talk Radio. So it's faith-based. So you're involved with faithism, not atheism, right? It was that you said, saying that you know a lot of Christians, um, they maybe text or they maybe email you, and you know they was pretty much scared of you. And I said, oh, okay, a challenge, okay. No, I believe the Bible. I don't believe the Bible is saying that slavery is okay because it gives instructions about how to handle slavery. Andrew, that's faith. You just said you accept evolution, evolution theory. So that's faith. You got faith in a theory. By any chance, are you gay? Uh, what do you think about bow totes? Hello, everyone. Hello. Hello again. Thank you so much for joining me here again on the Atheist Roundtable. I'm back. With, we're kicking off 2016 right I'm back, and this is going to be a great episode tonight. Thank you for joining me. My name is Andrew Garber, and I'm your host of the Atheist Roundtable, a weekly live, usually call-in show about atheism and agnosticism and belief and non-belief and just a whole bunch of other things that flows into your host's stream of consciousness every Sunday night at 11 p.m. here on Blog Talk Radio. That's what I. That's where I do... The things that I do is primarily here on Blog Talk Radio. If you like the show, please consider going over to iTunes and giving me your oh-so-coveted five-star review. I just get big, warm fuzzies whenever someone gives me a five-star review on iTunes. It rocks me to sleep at night and makes me feel so very, very loved. If you want to contact the show, my email address is andrewtheatheist at gmail.com. Or you can, if you are so inclined, leave a voicemail at by calling 765-280-3066. If ever I'm taking calls and you want to be on the live show, then when the show is live, you call 347-838-8342 to be part of the show. Tonight, however, I have a special guest that I'm going to air for you. I capped off my glorious, wonderful, long holiday by being a participant, by being a speaker at the second Atheists of Facebook online convention. It was great. And if you want to go to the Atheists of Facebook online convention YouTube page, then you can find my talk there. I'll probably post a link to my talk here later in the week on the Atheist Roundtable Facebook fan page that you can go and like if you are so inclined. But uh, I capped off my, my, my vacation there by, by doing a presentation. My very first speaking gig is, is online and, and recorded forever on YouTube, so you can go and check that out. It was really a lot of fun. But the most controversial thing that happened at that convention was brought to us by my guest tonight. Ayla Broadnax uh, talked about Free the Nipple campaign. And after I saw the Firestone, the, the Facebook comments light up after her talk, I knew I was going to have to have her on the show because it was amazing. There is a link to her, uh, to her presentation for the Atheist of Facebook online convention in the show notes for this show. I don't really usually do a whole lot in show notes. I'm going to make a New Year's resolution to try to do better in show notes, but I probably won't, just like every New Year's resolution. I'm going to try to make a New Year's resolution to maybe get back on that Patreon thing. Eh, probably not. Just like normal New Year's resolutions. We'll see how that goes. In the meantime, 
I, w- I need to start playing right now my interview with Ayla Broadnecks. Thanks, everybody, for joining me here on the Atheist Roundtable tonight. Tonight, I have a super special guest. If you were participating or watching the second Atheists of Facebook online convention, then you already saw the best and most controversial video of that day brought to you by my guest tonight, Ayla Broadnax. Her video on Free the Nipple just sparked an amazing firestorm on Facebook. And so joining me tonight is Ayla so we can talk about not just the Free the Nipple campaign, but why this topic always brings about these intense firestorms on social media. So, Ayla, thanks for joining me. Not a problem. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I really enjoyed uh, your presentation on Free the Nipple at the Second Atheist of Facebook Online Convention. Uh, have can can you give us some background on yourself? Have you always been an atheist, or uh, did you have to go through a deconversion at some point? Well, certainly. So I was actually religious for a majority of my life. I even went to a Bible college. I went to a Bible high school. Basically, my entire life was revolved around religion, and I started to read the Bible like any. Christians should, and I started to get a lot of questions, and I I was asking my pastor, and he kept just giving me blank answers, basically saying, oh, well, you're just supposed to have faith about that, you know, oh, you're not supposed to question God, and it got to the point to where I was becoming really frustrated with the fact I wasn't getting any valid answers to my questions, and I'm like, I'm not going to sacrifice my life even for something that I don't understand. So I started to search diligently and I went to different churches. I started asking different pastors and priests and you name it, bishops. I went to them, I approached them, I tried to ask and try to get answers and nobody was able to answer my questions. I read the Bible from cover to cover 10 times and Uh, Every time I read it, I got a different interpretation, and most Christians will say that, and for some reason, they're okay with that, and that's fine if that's how they prefer, but that scared me, because I felt if I was getting a different interpretation every time, then how do I know which one is right, and if, how do I know I'm wrong if I'm getting a different answer every time, so, and if they're getting a different answer, then it just confuses everything completely, and it really is the blind leading the blind. So I didn't have any answers, so I started to research other religions and other belief systems altogether to try to find a common ground for myself to see what works best for me, um, because I don't like what I call them as baby boomers. It's kind of, in my mind, it's whenever you're just the religion that your parents were or what your grandparents were, and I love to ask the question to Christians, regardless of what their denomination is. I'm like, what does your denomination set apart from something else? For example, if you're Methodist, what makes you different from a Baptist or a Catholic? And they never can give me a straight answer, which is funny because you should know these simple questions about your own belief system. So eventually after researching everything from Hinduism to witchcraft to, I mean, anything in between, and 
I, I couldn't settle on any of it. And then I found atheism, and I felt completely at home there because I started to realize that I didn't believe any of it. So I turned to atheism, and I felt at home ever since. And I've been an atheist now for going on almost five years. So I'm still really new at it, but I am only 27. So I still have a long ways to go to be able to adapt and learn as I continue to grow. Wow. So did you say that you went to, just to back up a little bit, you said you went to a Bible college. I did. I did. It was actually a Seventh-day Adventist Bible college. A lot of people consider that Uh cult, which um, I won't go as far as to say that, but I changed my entire lifestyle. Uh, I became vegetarian um, because that's one of their restrictions. Mm -hmm. I didn't drink drink soda. I didn't eat chocolate. I didn't wear jewelry. I did all the things that were prohibited within that religion. Wow. Oh, man. That's, yeah, the Seventh-day Adventists, they are some um, intense people. Well, they can be. It's an intense religion. How about that? Yes, definitely. Yeah, it is certainly an intense belief system. Uh and, and and you if you read the Bible ten times, then that's that's some dedication because I've only read it twice and I don't think I can stomach a third time. That's <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> yeah. Every time I read it I had more questions. I literally have a notebook of nothing but questions and Christians are always like, Send me a couple of questions, I'll be glad to look them up and help you find your answer. I'm like, Okay. And every time they never get back to me, that they don't know the answers. Mm, or they're afraid of what the answer might actually be because it's a question they've never wanted to consider before. Awesome. So, uh, how did you get uh, how did how did you get interested in the free the nipple campaign? What was what was the spark that ignited that passion? Well, I had a baby a couple years ago, my youngest. And I started, I, when he was born, I just started breastfeeding. And in the beginning, it was incredibly challenging as a new mother because I am not really one to actually expose my body. If you see the video, you'll think otherwise. But if you see my Facebook, you'll notice very rarely do I even show cleavage, unlike being really pronounced or provocative in any way. Um, it's just where I stand more moralistically with it, each to their own. I don't judge either way. But... Um, when I started breastfeeding, it was very challenging for me to accept that I was there to focus on my child. I had so many incidents to happen with me trying to nurture my baby. And that's whenever I realized that there really is a distinct issue here, that there's a bigger problem than just breastfeeding moms. But also, I grew up in the Gulf of Mexico and, um, and New Orleans. But regardless, you couldn't go topless in those areas, but it was okay on those hot, muggy days for a man to go topless, but we couldn't, and I didn't Mm -hmm. see that that was fair either, and there's just definitely a double standard there that I need, that I think definitely needs to be resolved. It's a major issue that doesn't need to be silenced just because of people who disagree. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think it's weird that... um that women have breasts for the purpose of feeding their their infant children. And when they want to do that, suddenly um, they can't do that. That's a taboo that needs to be shoved aside, shoved aside, pushed into the bathroom, throw a blanket over you. Um, it's just weird that 
when you want to use the things for the thing that they were meant to be used for, uh, that's the taboo, and not um, for, uh, for for a secondary purpose. For for uh, a secondary purpose might be for for sexual pleasure, but that's not their primary purpose. I mean, that's that we seem to have reversed those in our society. Definitely. You can sell them, you just can't have them. So it's a, it's a big deal. I mean, especially like how they are so over-sexualized. It makes it so much more difficult for us to get that type of freedom because it already has, like you said, has a reverse role in many mentalities, you know, many people's mentality. It has completely reversed and changed and it has become a taboo and something that you don't want to look at, you don't want to see, you don't even want to talk about. It's completely avoided and turns into a very heated topic rather quickly as though we were talking about politics or something. It just blows my mind how even women are not on the same page with one another when it comes to free the nipple. There's still diversion even within the women, which you think would all be equally upset with this, that they can't have equal rights as men. And it just blows my mind to think that there's still people that are against it, regardless if it's men or women. You would think the women would at least empower together, and it it just doesn't seem to be happening that way. But hopefully that will change soon. Yeah. Uh, In in fact, some of the most vocal people – I've heard in opposition to free the nipple have been females. Uh, but before we get to the Facebook firestorm, I wanted to mention that I just I just saw an interview with Alyssa Milano with some some other person. I don't even know who she, who she was talking to, but it was on this subject. And Alyssa Milano was talking about the way that she feels she ought to be able to breastfeed her children when they're hungry, regardless of where she may be, and mm-hmm. and the other lady was like no no that's not right those that, that's not what they're for they're and these were her words they're your fun bags i'm like are you kidding me <laughs> yep it was on the wendy williams show just that's to it. clarify that um it was wendy williams show and she was arguing with Alyssa about how they're the fun bags and she just doesn't want to see them and she feels as though you should be shunned to the bathroom or you should cover. And all these things are just absolutely absurd to even suggest to a mother. I mean, when I first started breastfeeding, it was already scary enough. I mean, it's not something that comes with instructions. It's not something that you, it's just, you know, you know. It's not like riding a bike when you learn it, you don't forget it. I mean, it doesn't come easy. Every single child is different and they latch differently and they have different problems. And it's just, it's hard enough to deal with it. And so basically society is saying feed your child before you leave or don't leave your house if you breastfeed or when you do go into a dirty bathroom where people desiccate and, you know, have feces and everything else, go there and feed your child because it's that big of a deal. They don't even want to see it. And most of the time you don't even expose a lot of your breast tissue and none of my, when I breastfed, none of, and this might be too much information, but whatever, obviously none of my nipple was exposed because it was in my baby's mouth, and my areola was very, like, hidden as well because of his big old head. So more, whenever women wear bikinis, more is exposed then than it was whenever I breastfed. And I never covered because I had my baby in the summer, and even if I didn't, it's my choice not to cover. Well, I ju- you know I I just think it's weird that um, 
that it would even matter if there was a bit if there was a bit of nipple showing or if there was a bit of it, I don't it just seems weird that if you didn't want to see it just look away it's not it's not that big of a deal it's not being shoved in your face it's being shoved in the baby's face it's exactly it's going to be there just you go. fine exactly uh, you mentioned that you were kind of expecting this firestorm that erupted on Facebook. And I have to tell you, I was surprised. I really thought that, especially in a uh, in a community or, or in an event that's building a community of atheists that's rallying around people on Facebook um, who, and, and it's being marketed to an atheist crowd, that these people of all people would be the most supportive of the Free the Nipple campaign. I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you were. <laughs> I, I was. But you weren't surprised. Why not? I wasn't. Just because I've experienced so much hatred towards this movement in the past. I knew regardless of where you stand on religion or not religion or where you stand in anything for politics, we can agree on just about everything as far as other people are concerned, but then whenever free the nipple is mentioned, they just shut down. And I'm used to that. Like, I've had it happen in the past, and it's not something that I'm not un unfamiliar with. I expected it. And especially because of how large I am and how much I'm a bigger woman. So if I was like a, you know, a tiny or smaller person, I feel like sometimes it probably won't get as much backlash. Maybe I could be wrong because I'm not in that position, but I am a larger woman, so I have big breasts, and that draws a lot of attention, and people start name-calling and assuming things that aren't accurate, like saying I'm an exhibitionist, I'm nowhere near that. I literally laughed when I read that, but um, I think it's just I'm used to it. I, I really am. I'm used to it. It started whenever I started breastfeeding, even whenever I was in the mall. You would have those people on those, like little willy things that drove around <laughs> the little cops in the mall and they would literally come over and look to see what I was doing and I'm like are you really going to watch me while I'm breastfeeding my child it was really awkward but not only that I've always been a heavier set woman for the last part of my life anyways and I was a professional lifeguard at um, Virginia Beach for three years and even then I got a lot of flack and that was in uniform. I mean, our bathing suits were uniform regulated, and I got a lot of flack for it. So it just, I'm used to it. And unfortunately, I expected it, even in the atheist community, because we're still people and we still have different opinions and beliefs. I, I, I have to say, what I wasn't surprised about was that the primary person who was firestorming against uh, being able to breastfeed in public, uh, the person that was most vehemently against this, said that she had been an atheist all her life. I think that people who have to reevaluate the foundation upon which they think the entire universe, I mean literally the entire universe is based on, I think when you have to do that and you have to admit that you were wrong at some point about the foundations of the universe, uh, it's, um, it's something that sticks with you long enough to remind you that you may have to do that again. Um, exactly. So I wasn't surprised at that. Uh, do you think that 
do, do you have an idea of why breasts are so taboo? I mean, of all the things that could be taboo, I have I, I amongst my friends might make the exclamation, "Man, that's the tits!" When something is awesome. <laughs> As compared to saying, man, this tastes like ass, to say that it doesn't taste good at all, okay? So just – and I guess I don't get why uh, why breasts are so taboo, and what can we do to overcome this uh, taboo of nipples? Certainly. So I definitely think – a lot of it is due to the over-sexualization that breasts have received. I mean, there's stores that sell garments specifically for a woman's body. Um, just to name one, it's Victoria's Secret, and I have no problem with that. I get, I obviously cannot buy bras from there because, like I said, I'm a bigger woman, and they do not tailor to big-breasted women, but they have some awesome fragrances, so I still support them as a company. And I'm not downgrading them in any way, but with that said, like I said earlier, you can sell breasts, you just can't have them. And the lady that was going against me with all this was talking about how um, herself and some of her friends were, you know, strippers and nightclubs. So basically, mm. you can sell breasts, you just can't have them. And any type of over-sexualization that is promoted to this is just deteriorating. It, catering from the problem that we need to fix. It's just causing more issues on top of it. I think if we were able to under-sexualize it, if more breastfeeding women were more openly breastfeeding in public places and not feeling shunned and not feeling as though they have to go hide away in the bathroom, if that's what they choose to do because it makes them feel better mentally, then that's fine. But they shouldn't feel as though they have to do that just to protect the, the people. And if we were able to have more nudist beaches and nude cruises, I've heard of those as well, these different things bring awareness to the body. And in foreign countries, these things are not taboo. They have already have conquered that even before it was an issue it was you know it never was because they either were in poverty stricken and couldn't afford the clothes or what they did have covered very little so i think we're one of the the few that still have that effect that it's such an issue and it's such a problem and it's sad it's really sad to see because it's basically having a nation against myself. I should be in control of my body. I should be able to say what I want to do with it. And whenever someone else has that decision for me, that's when I get pissed off. And that's when it becomes a problem. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I, I think it's interesting that you can, that, that a woman is permitted to show her breasts as, as a way of protesting that she can't show her breasts because then it's a form of protected speech. But you can't just show her breasts because it's a hot day. That is weird. I agree. I agree 100%. And that it's sad as well because that's whenever it's borderline. There's too many rules and regulations. We need to fight for better laws that protect women and allow us to have our own thoughts and our own feelings and allow us to 
dress however we choose. Rather, that's to be topless on a hot day or on a cold day or whenever. We should have that choice. And so uh, we need, as a community, to get proactive in whatever state you live in, to be proactive with the laws that are taking place, because there's a lot of them that are taking place that people don't realize. So definitely look at your state laws and your city laws, because there's some cities that will allow you to do that, but in many of them it's still prohibited. Awesome. Very cool. Well, uh, Ella, what, uh, uh, okay, uh, when, just, just to go back to the Facebook firestorm for a second, because that was, um, that was amazing. Uh, what do you think we need to do to change someone? I, I, I can't remember that lady's name, but what do you, how, how do we, how do we get through to her? to get her to realize that she's fighting against her own interests. I mean, you, you said that it's always most saddening when you see women fighting against their own rights, and, and I absolutely agree. How, how do we get people to realize that they're, that they're fighting to keep themselves oppressed? Well, I think in a lot of situations, those people are, are most likely insecure of their own body or their relationship. And I know that may come across harsh, but that's what I feel. I feel like if they can't trust their significant other to be assured of their relationship enough to where they couldn't see a breast out in public, which was one of the issues that was mentioned in that firestorm, I I really think that that's not my issue. That's your issue with your relationship. And so that would have to first be fixed. It sounds like there's a trust issue there. Secondly, if you're insecure about your own body, you need to realize that that still should not affect me and that still shouldn't affect other women. Women should empower each other. Humans should empower one another. And it, it's sad that we have to even mention that because that's what we should be doing anyways. And I think eventually that when it becomes normalized, I'm saying when because I, I trust that it will, when it becomes normalized, then eventually just being it enough and being exposed to it will eventually make you okay with it. And that sounds kind of bad as well because what if it was, you know, a bad thing that shouldn't be happening? Eventually you get exposed to it enough to where you get desensitized to it. And I think that freeing the nipple is the same type of thing. You know, now we don't bat a lash whenever we see a guy without a shirt on, but that used to be illegal. So, I mean, they had to go through the same process for to get legalization with being able to take their shirt off. But we don't even, it doesn't even matter to us anymore because we have been associated with that our entire lives, basically. So I think eventually with enough exposure, you will realize that it's the normalization. Another good example would be how, um, like, the LGBTQ nation has now taken form and everybody is able to marry whatever gender they wish. I totally support it. And even the ones who are against it are just going to have to get over it because it's a law now and they're able to do what they want. And I appreciate that. Eventually, it will become normal enough that it's not a, no longer an issue. And I'm hoping the children that I have will grow up in that, that society to where you can love freely and express freely and also be able to expose your nipples if you choose to. Awesome. Well, Ayla, thank you so much for joining me. You've been absolutely 
fantastic this evening. Um, what give? Tell us how we can find you, follow you, stalk you, know all there is to know about you. Uh, do, do you have a website, a blog? Can we stalk you on Facebook? Um, right now, I am only on Facebook. I don't use Twitter. I don't use Instagram. I don't. I just set up Skype literally like a day or two ago. Um, I am not really tech savvy. Um, anytime I need assistance with technology, you really have to talk to me like I am stupid because <laughs> I really am completely dense when it comes to technology. But you can definitely add me on uh, Facebook. My name is Ayla Broadnax, and that's A. Y L A. So like Kayla, just drop the K and then Broadnax. B R O A D N A X. And I'll add you there. Um, and that's my personal Facebook page. So I post about my family and I post about all sorts of different stuff. So definitely all, definitely atheism as well and free the nipple, all sorts of things. So definitely if you want to add me there, I will add you. And we can start there. And until then I don't really have any other way of contact. So definitely just add me to Facebook. Okay. Well, we will all become your friends on Facebook. And we'll, you'll have, you'll reach the 5,000 limit. Um, well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be up there with Adam Collins. <laughs> yes. Yes. Adam is just an awesome guy. I'm so glad that he was able to put together the second atheist of Facebook online convention where you can go and watch Ayla's amazing video uh, you, and you can, if you've never heard of this Free the Nipple campaign before, then you can go there. It's a great introduction. And then you can go to Facebook. You can send her a friend request. And you can know all the great and glorious things there are, Ayla. So uh, one more time, I just want to say thank you so much, Ayla, for being my guest tonight. You are just an amazing, awesome person. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And thank you so much for having me. It's been a true pleasure. And I just want to shout out to you that you even allowed me to come and do this opportunity with you. It's very much appreciated. All right, everybody, thanks so much for listening to my uh, interview with Ayla. You guys have, have, have a great 2016. We'll have great stuff this year. I'm really excited to be doing stuff this year. So uh, take care of yourselves. God isn't here. We are. Good night. Like the fan page for the Atheist Roundtable at slash Atheist Roundtable on Facebook or find your host at slash Andrew the Atheist. Send all of your email to andrewtheatheist at gmail.com. This podcast is the official podcast of atheists, humanists, and agnostics of the Wabash Valley. Find us on Facebook for monthly meetups. Music for this episode is provided, as always, by Dick Richards. Thank you, Dick. God is here. We are. Take care of yourselves.